Beware of the savings. What's the danger in gray market camera deals? We'll learn about this on episode 046 of The Shutterbug Life. Welcome to Shutterbug Life Podcast. If photography is not just something you do, but who you are, this is a place for you. In this podcast, we talk about everything you need to be, do, or have to reach your true potential. Let's celebrate the creative photographer's lifestyle with your host, my dad, Linford Morton. Hey there, welcome again to another Shutterbug Life podcast. My name is Linford Morton. You can call me Lynn. And this is the podcast for us photographers. I call it our lifestyle podcast because it's everything is how my son said we need to be, do, or have. It's it's how we construct a whole life around this um, thing we call photography, whether it's something we have as a business aspiration or just an enthusiast aspiration. I'm so glad you're here with me today because now we have, a, I think, a really good topic, as I think they all are, actually. But today we're going to talk about gray market cameras. And I thought this might be a good time to talk about it since we are in the midst of the holiday season and many people are shopping for cameras and shopping for great deals for gifts for the others or gifts for yourself. You are in the mode where tis the season to go find a new camera body or a lens. And you'll want to know about the gray market deals because you might just find a deal that's seems too good to be true, and you'd be right. So that's what we're talking about today. Now, this episode, of course, is brought to you by Photo Tour, Photo Tour New Orleans, which is going to be our weekend workshop in New Orleans from March 31 through April 3. I'll tell you more about this after the feature, but they'll, I'll also share a way that you can... Make sure that you are attending and it will, you can reserve your space for just $100. That's it. And we will talk about that at the end. But today we are going to get into gray market cameras. <laughs> So I knew something was wrong with this deal. Oh, my goodness. Back in the early 2000s, I worked uh, at an organization where, you know, uh, as you, as I said before, many times before, I did communication. And I was always the, the PR guy with the camera in my hand. And one of the things I often did was talk to my boss into buying me cameras that I wanted that I couldn't afford. So this particular instance, I asked for a video camera and um, the boss said, okay, go ahead and buy it, but you've got $2,500 to spend on it. All right, cool. I can do that. I thought to myself and I went and started my research and the camera I really wanted retailed for more than $2,500. 
it retailed for closer to $3,000. And, you know, as I'm looking around and looking around, I find on this website the camera I wanted for twenty five hundred for twenty four ninety nine or something crazy like that, like within my budget. And I thought to myself, oh my goodness, how can this be true? And so, you know, I read everything they had to say about it on the page. Everything looked legit. And I thought, well, why would this be so much cheaper than everything else? And I couldn't find a reason why it would be. So I took the credit card and I made the purchase. Now, one week passed, two weeks passed, three weeks passed, and that camera never showed up. And now I'm in a mild panic because I just authorized a purchase on the, you know, the organization's credit card for something that looks like it's not going to show up. And so I was, you know, not to mention I'm not getting the camera in sort of a, a, a mild state of panic. I tried to call the the retailer and had no luck getting through to anybody who could help me. So this really started feeling shady now. And I thought to myself at the time, oh my goodness, to save 500 bucks, this just wasn't worth it. I should have just gotten something else legit within my budget. And I just remember that sinking feeling at the time. So, you know, that leads us into the whole conversation about gray market cameras and deals that seem too good to be true because they often are too good to be true. So when I talk about gray market cameras, what exactly do I mean? Well, let's back this up a bit. You all know that when we talk about black market cameras and black market goods, we tend to mean those that are clearly illegal. It's stolen goods. It fell off the back of a truck. We know that, you know, this is one where you're not going to be asking for a receipt. Black market, got it. Now, white market goods are the ones we know are legit and above board. I go into Best Buy with my credit card. I go to into B&H. I go to bnh.com. You know, I'm buying from a reputable dealer. And I know that everything is above board. I have my receipts. I have my warranty card. I have everything. And I know that, you know, all is well in the world with me and my new gear. So gray market then will refer to something that falls somewhere in between. It's not quite illegal. It's not quite unethical. Well, we'll we'll come back to that one. But what it isn't is it isn't exactly what the manufacturer intended. This is not what the manufacturer intended for you to purchase here in the United States. And so that's why we get the whole gray market area or gray market camera label. So a gray market camera is one that's imported and imported in a way that circumvents the way it should be imported. So what does that mean? Each of the major manufacturers, they have their own companies or representatives in the United States, because I'm recording this, of course, in the United States. And they have their own representatives in the United States. And and these companies are 
you know, authorized to do all the imports within the United States. They're exclusively authorized to do all the imports and then distribute to retailers within the United States. And so this is the way the manufacturers intend to bring cameras, lenses, and gear to market in the United States through these entities. Now, here's the thing. You can buy a camera by not going through them at all, by just going directly overseas to someone who is selling overseas and import it directly without going through Nikon, Canon, Sony, or or any of their authorized representatives or the authorized way that they choose to import and sell their gear in the United States. You can cut out the middleman totally and go straight overseas, bring them straight into America. And if you do that, you're going to save a chunk of money. That's right. You're going to save a chunk of money. So you're going to say, well, okay, but is that legal? Like I said, it's it's legal. This is a gray area. Technically, there's no law stopping anyone from importing goods without going through the manufacturer's representative. Is it ethical then? Yeah, it's ethical. Because as long as the retailer identifies the camera as a direct import and informs you, the customer, that you are buying a direct import and the associated risks, then it's considered a legal and ethical sale. You can make an informed decision. Buyer beware. Now, this happens a lot more than you think. So, you so, so, you know, there are lots of retailers, and a lot of them are in the New York City area, and so a lot of them are online, and you, they'll have the reputation for selling imported goods, and they don't necessarily tell you. Sort of like the company I was uh, importing from way back in the day. As a matter of fact, on the last, uh, one of the last photo tours I did, one of the attendees said, hey, I found this great deal on this Canon, you know, 5D Mark III, you know, and I said, well, where was it? He said, you know, this place in New York, and, you know, how much was it? And it was, like, way below what it ought to be, and I thought, you know, I hate to burst your bubble, but you better check to see if that's a direct import gray market camera or not. And and why do you care? Because when it's imported directly and not going through the, the normal channels, you get a camera that's not covered by a legitimate U.S. warranty. So that means if anything happens to that camera while you own it, you can't send it back directly to the manufacturer for servicing or for repairs. Now, for instance, here's a for instance. I bought Nikon's D600 when it was first announced. And one of the things we quickly, owners quickly found out on that camera was it started splatching little spots of, of oil onto the sensor, which got onto the onto your, your images. And so there was a, de- a defect, and so Nikon is honored and said, hey, look, if you will send us back your camera, we will fix it for you free of charge. And they, they replaced all the parts to make it a brand new D600 without that defect. Now, if you had a direct import of a Nikon D600, which would have been the same as any other Nikon D600 coming off of the line in that first batch, it would have been 
technically a good sale and you would have saved money. But when Nikon says, whoa, there's a problem here, we'll fix it. Just send it back to us. What you would have found was when you boxed that up and sent it back to them, you would have gotten a call from Nikon that says, did you know that this was a gray market camera? We've checked the serial number, and this is not a legitimate serial number of a camera we authorize for purchase in the United States. As a result, we can't fix this. And they send it back to you, and now you're stuck. You now have a camera that Nikon will not touch. They will not touch. They will not repair because they know that you bought it by cutting them out of the deal, circumventing the process. And so... This is the big danger or risk, if you will, in buying a gray market camera. The authorized manufacturers aren't going to touch it if something goes wrong. Many of them ship without any user manuals or maybe a user manual in a different language. So you don't really know. um, You can't really read it if you're you know, primary language is English and the other language it comes in is not one that you speak. So you might be stuck with this problem. You've got a camera and you can't get any service for it. You know, and then the other little things that could go wrong too, like they, some of the electronics, um, you know, the, the plugs and there'll, there'll be, um, there'll be plugs for another country. And so if you try and recharge your battery using this, you're, you know, run the risk of, of damaging your battery because it's not, getting voltage on on what's a typical U.S., you know, current plug. So, okay, that's another potential problem. You could be putting your camera at risk just by trying to recharge your battery based on, you know, whatever is included in the box. On the more nefarious end of the spectrum, you might have importers who are even more shady than that. Like, this is now just greed run run amok. It's not bad enough that they're importing it, you know, in a shady way to save money. They're going to try and maybe pull some things out of the box that shouldn't be there, some of your accessories, and replace them with cheaper, (laughs) cheaper alternatives. Just to, again, so they can sell those separately to to uh, someone else. So you might open it and you might, you know, get your your kit lens, but your kit lens might not be, you know, of the same brand. So you know, all these things are at risk when you buy a, or you choose to buy a gray market camera. This is these are the things that could go wrong, and so it's legal, but there are risks there. If you choose to go this route now, again, if if they label it as such, this is a an, an international import. It's a gray market camera. This is why it is five hundred dollars less than, you know, it should be. And you go, you know what? I'm going to take the risk. Then, you know, go in peace. God bless you. But just know that you are assuming a risk if something should go wrong. Now, knowing this, you might say to yourself, wow. I don't, I, I don't want to have to end up buying one of these, especially by mistake. How would I know if a camera is a gray market camera? Well, you know that little warranty card that comes in the camera box? I, I you know, I know I am horrible about not filling out that warranty card and mailing it back. You know, I probably do that for, for one out of three things that I get. But that warranty card could be 
the indicator for you because on the warranty card, you will have a US desig- USA designation somewhere that shows that this is a valid USA um, warranty for your device. And then worst case scenario, before you purchase it, if you're purchasing from a retailer you've not heard of before, you can just call the manufacturer and say, I'm thinking about buying from this retailer. Is this one of your authorized retailers? And and they'll probably be more than happy to tell you, yes, this is, or no, stay away from this person or this retailer. So that's an easy way. And then once you have it, then you can call them with you can call them with the the serial number itself and they will run a check for you and let you know if you got a good camera or not. You know, some of the the crazier stories you'll find online if you start researching this topic is people who think they've bought good cameras and when something goes wrong, they ship them back to Nikon or Canon, for instance, and get the phone call that says, you know, the serial number is showing up that this is uh, a gray market camera and we can't cover it. And, and one was even at the wor- further end of the, of the scale uh, in terms of things that are shady. One person said that they had a camera and when they shipped it back, he got a call from Nikon and said the camera serial number on the outside of the camera and the serial number on the inside of the camera are different. You have a you have a camera that's gray market, but someone swapped the inside so that they could sell it to you as good. No need to you know, and naturally this is now you know something that's gonna that would cause him great distress because. If you knowingly bought this gray market camera, you have no recourse if something goes wrong. Now, let's say you thought you bought a good camera. You thought you, you know, you went to a a retailer and the retailer represented this as a good USA uh, warrantied camera. And and some of them play with wording. So if they say USA warranties, that's one of the 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 wordplay um, loopholes they use to, to 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 try and make you think that you're getting one, but you've got to ask is this you know warranty directly from Canon USA because they'll say it's a USA warranty because we warranty it and we're in the United States. So you get that kind of you know tricky you know tr- tricky wordplay. So let's say, you know, you got one of these cameras and you thought you bought it legitimately and turns out it's a gray camera. You know, what do you do then? Well, I mean, if you assume the risk, that's one thing, you know, then sucks to be you. You're stuck with it. But if you didn't do that, if you didn't um, knowingly buy this, then that's fraud. That's clearly um, something that's now no longer a gray area because they sold you a product that was not what you intended to buy. That's fraud. So that's something you can easily call your credit card company if you bought it in the credit card and, 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 and challenge the sale and ask for your money back because they are selling fraudulent um, products. So you have recourse there if it's fraudulent, but if you knowingly take the risk, not so much. Which is one of the reasons it's, um, you know, the good deal could end up not being such a good deal after all.
What about used cameras? This is probably one of the risky, riskier areas because if you are buying a camera used, you don't know where the original owner bought it. You don't know if they bought it for one of those, you know, good deals from great dealers. So even if you go to a legitimate retailer that you all know and trust, like, you know, B&H, Adorama, or any of or any of the other known, you know, places to buy cameras where you can usually buy safely. Let's say you bought a used camera from them. It might have been something that someone bought as a great camera and sold to them, and they might have unknowingly purchased it. And so how will you know? There's only one way to find out again, and that's to take their serial number and call it in and, and just check to make sure. Because it's easy to to then be stuck with a gray market product because you bought it used um, from someone who unintended, you know, un- who bought it unknowingly from another from another owner. So keep that in mind too. Now you might be thinking, all right, Lynn, if someone decides to buy this camera and they decide knowing, you know, buy to buy this gray market uh, camera and they know the risks and they assume the risks and they purchase the camera, then it's really a victimless situation, right? Well, it depends. Canon clearly didn't think so. And so they have taken the extra step now of suing a number of those gray market retailers and <laughs> Canon filed a pair of lawsuits back in October of this is 2015 and against get it digital LLC and several other widely known, widely known gray market retailers. And, and they allege that the actions of the defendants harm consumers in the following ways. They say using counterfeit serial numbers in gray market Canon products, lack of enforceable warranties or inferior warranty coverage, meaning the warranty they offer you is inferior to the one you would have purchased for that camera. Um, the packaging doesn't accurately describe what's in pro- what, what's inside the package. I mean, like I said before, they swap things out. Uh, the inclusion of cheap photocopies of operating manuals as opposed to the genuine manuals. Um, power supplies and accessories that are counterfeit and manufactured by third parties and therefore not compliant. This is, again, one of the bigger risks. So they claim that the actions by Get It Digital and the others constitutes a trademark infringement, unfair competition, I can see that, and use of false designations of origin and false descriptions and representations. So... Here is a quote um, that I got from uh, from about this uh, situation. So Canon USA also claims that the defendant's conduct constitutes unfair competition by passing off misappropriation and imitation Canon products under common law. Because Canon USA believes that the continued practice of selling gray market cameras and other products would 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 continue to violate its trademark. Canon is asking for the federal court to issue an injunction that these each of these companies to cease all sales of gray market Canon products. Now, additionally, Canon is going to going after their their profits. Oh yeah, hit them in the pocket. 
Um, Canon products sold by these companies, as well as seeking damages incurred by Canon USA, which could, which would include servicing gray market products and other measures that they've taken in response to dealing with these defendants' gray market camera sales. Finally, they're also seeking attorneys' fees, blah, blah, blah. So the damages of all these lawsuits will reach into the millions, and Canon is hoping put them out of business for good. So this, of course, would be an interesting case to follow because if Canon is successful in this um, in this action, then it might move then this gray market um, these gray market transactions out of the gray area and clearly into the black market because it will clearly clearly be illegal. So, you know, this is, you know, what Canon is, is alleging. But even beyond that, the unfair ad- competitive, competitive advantage. I'm going to share this video from uh, Henry Posner of, of B&H Video. And he talks about, you know, all the different nuances of the gray market. But one of the things, one of the, the it, things he points out was is that here, here's where the unfair competitive advantage occurs. He says, when Canon sells you a product that comes through their authorized representative, that Canon USA, their authorized representative, bears the costs of staffing, um, a staffing uh, customer support line so that you can call them if something is not right. They bear the cost of employing repair technicians who will work on the camera. They bear the costs of replacing cameras if they aren't um, working properly. They bear the cost of educating consumers by going to trade shows, by having their representatives come down to your local camera store and have camera days and educate you about the the differences between the different cameras. Heck, we even had one come out and host a meetup for us. So these are all things that Canon costs that Canon USA incurs as part of their operating expenses to help you, the consumer, make educated decisions and get continuing support and stand behind their products should something not go right. These are all costs that they bear that you benefit from. As a matter of fact, even when you decide that, you know, I really want that Canon 5D Mark III, it's usually because you have been influenced by a lot of the marketing and advertising that they've also paid for. So when someone else comes in and doesn't contribute to all those costs and just undercuts the people who are, you know, paying to help, you know, create the market environment that makes you want the Mark the 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 5D Mark III and and paying to help me you know support it if something were to go wrong with it when someone undercuts all of that Canon is saying that's fundamentally not fair to us because we are playing fair by the rules and so you know that's another way to think about it so while you think that okay it might not be completely illegal. It might not be completely ethical, but that does not make it right. And this is sort of my take on it. Just because just because you can doesn't mean you should. Now, I was lucky when I bought that camera almost um, you know, for for from a gray market what turned out to be a gray market dealer. 
I was lucky that nothing went wrong with that camera. But I, I remember the feeling that I had when I thought to myself, if something goes wrong, boy, this would not have been worth it. Because when you get stuck with a camera that you cannot fix and you cannot replace and you have just dropped a couple grand on it, it no longer feels like a gray matter. It no longer feels like a gray area. This is clearly black and white to you. You think it to yourself, I just got screwed. All right, well, that's it on gray market cameras. I hope that was helpful and educational for you because I, I don't want to see you get stuck buying something that that seems too good to be true and learning the hard way that it was too good to be true. Hey, I, I want to, before we, before we break, just remind you that this spring we're going to New Orleans and this is going to be, you get yourself a good legitimate camera, you want to bring it to New Orleans because we are just going to have a ball down there. We always do. We get to shoot a wide variety of different kinds of subjects, everything from um, the French Quarter, which is unique in its own right from for everything from street photography to, to architecture. We go out and we get some great night photography opportunities. We go into the Rich Hoity Toity St. Charles Avenue. We ride down on one of the, the streetcars and we get some of the, the beautiful buildings there. We go into some of the above ground cemeteries where you can get some, um, some of the, the, I guess, decay shots because some of them are just falling apart and and while it's sad it, it's also very visual we'll go out on the bayou and you'll get to, to shoot face to face with wild boar and alligators and we will do all this over three uh and a half just really really glorious days i go out with you on each of the shoes and you always have um, someone nearby who can answer any questions and help you get the best shots. I tell you what, I grew up in New Orleans and I know the best places to go shoot. I know the best, um, the best ways to shoot that city and I share it all with you there. We even go into, um, Treme, which is one of the oldest African American neighborhoods in the country. And, and as a matter of fact, it was the subject of an HBO series and, the whole city is just visual in ways that you just can't compare. So for just three days, you will get just a wide range of lots of different kinds of shots. And you will have just a ball because New Orleans is just, as they say, it's always about let the good times roll and you'll have fun there. So it's it's March 31 to April 3, 2016. And uh, through the end of the month, you can uh, just put down $100 and hold the space and complete the, and complete your registration before the end of January. It, just in case, you, you know, you are trying to juggle Christmas and holiday shopping and you want you really want to go to New Orleans, but you, you don't want to you want to be able to manage the cash flow, you know, until after the holidays. You can do that. Just um, reserve it with $100 and then you'll pay the rest at the end, by the end of January. You'll see more about that at phototourneworleans.com. If you go to phototourneworleans.com, you'll see on the show notes of this episode 
a short video and a link to get you there to, if you also want to find it. I hope you can join us there, and I look forward to shooting with you. Thanks again for being a listener f- to the podcast. You know, this has been such a fun year sharing with you. you know, where we're rolling, you're coming into the close now. And one of the final episodes, I will talk about the feedback I got from your surveys and then what the podcast will look like in 2016, because there'll be a, will be a few changes, but hopefully it'll be for the best because it's, it's based on what you've told me you wanted. All right. All right. So thank you so much. Whatever you do this week, whatever you do the rest of this year, always remember, enjoy your shut up of life. Take care. <laughs>